Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. Indeed you are, and I am also a Brian. <laughs> Is it bad that I'm just Brian and you're a Brian? Is that no, like no, no, I'm just a Brian. You are the Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the Brian against which all of the Brian's Alright, that's enough of that Welcome back, listener uh, We are uh, taking up part two of our Holy Week discussion As we uh, last time focused in on Palm Sunday and Maundy Thursday uh, Today, we are taking up Good Friday and Easter Sunday And Holy Saturday Because I've got questions for Brian about that So has, by the time the listeners are listening to this These days have already passed These days have passed and so we are reflecting back on because uh, these themes, these truths, these realities, these passages of Scripture do not apply merely during that. Uh, I just wanted to clarify period. that, just in case anybody thought we were doing this live while they were listening to it. Wouldn't that be something if we had the technology and ability to do uh, a live PHBC pastor song? Wouldn't that be something? Why not? <laughs> we'd do it from the stage in front of the audience. Yeah. Then we'd be guaranteed to have more than one listener. <laughs> Now we know there's more than one of you. There's I think. three of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, on the subject of Holy Week, going to be going through different passages of Scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and grab them. Um, we're going to be reading a couple of different things. Um, Monday, Thursday, we, we talked about... Uh, Jesus' use of the Passover meal to institute the new covenant uh, with us. And then he departs from the upper room, goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, prays, is arrested, and then at some point in that time period, the clock keeps on turning and we get to Friday. So overnight, he is arrested, he is tried, and uh, oh God, there's just so much that we could get into. Here, here's one thing that I really wanted to focus in on because I love getting through this. Peter's denial. Or should I say, Peter's denials. So, I identify with Peter a lot in Scripture because he, like me, tends to put feet in mouth and speak probably when he, he ought not to. And so, uh, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. Uh, previously, Peter says, oh, no, Lord. I thought you were going to say you identify with him because you are also <laughs> the rock on which Christ is going to build his church. <laughs> Very false. Not even a little bit. Um, oh, goodness. Um... <laughs> Peter says, no way, I'm not going to deny you, I'm going to be with you. Um, but then three times, thrice, we're told uh, that he does, in fact, deny Jesus um, with increasing intensity up to the third time, even calling down a curse. So this is not just simply, no, I'm not sure what you're talking about. He is vehemently, strongly actively denying this and then uh, I love Pastor Brian's advice just to, to read through the Gospels and see how the different Gospel authors evangelists uh, explain this so in uh, Mark's you see at the moment of Jesus's third denial of or sorry at the moment of Peter's third denial of Jesus Jesus looks at him and Peter goes out and weeps bitterly in John's really interesting he makes the point that there's a charcoal fire next to him uh, which then, at the end of the, the gospel, uh, Jesus is cooking fish over a charcoal fire when he appears to him uh, post-resurrection. Uh, so, there's so much here, but just, Pastor Brown, what are we to make of this fact that Peter, as you said, the rock on which Christ shall build his church, denies Jesus three times at this moment of most severe, uh, just, not trauma, but of 
greatest heightened need. What, what, what do we make of that? Well, first, I was just being silly about him being the rock. So the rock is his confession. I think, well, it is Peter and his confessor. It's not just Peter, the man. It's mm-hmm. the confession that he made that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, is the rock um, on which the church is going to be built. But what are we to make of that is uh, the best of men are still just men. Mm. And so we ought to be careful about uh, putting too much stock in our own ability. Like, no, I would never do that. Uh, I'm I'm quite certain Peter was genuinely thought he would never, ever do that until he was in that moment. Hmm. And then he did it. Um, and so we do the same thing or we are prone to do the same thing you might mm-hmm. think well uh, to use a completely different I would never ever ever have an affair on my spouse but yeah there are plenty of affairs that happen every day yeah. and so many of those people probably thought I would never do this and then they find themselves doing that mm-hmm. and so we need to be just mindful of our own weakness um, and that when we try to do something on our own, we're going to, uh, we very well may fall in that time. And so we just need to be mindful of the Lord and um, and also a good idea. If the Lord tells you something's going to happen, just <laughs> go ahead and say, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Rather than say, no, that would never yeah. happen to me. Can you help me, Lord? Not, yeah. Oh, I got this. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And then also, just to pick back up on the, the post-resurrection uh, opportunity, Jesus' is, Jesus's grace extends beyond Peter's denial. And so the, that denial was not the last word. Jesus provides him, you know, interestingly, three opportunities. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Um, contrasting with Peter's threefold denial, Jesus has this restoration of Peter. And so uh, regardless of what sin you or I or anyone may have committed, even if we, you know, were confident, we swore we would never do X or we would never do X again, that that was the last time when we find ourselves falling and stumbling, grace abounds even in the midst of sin. Uh, So, uh, Peter denies, Jesus is mocked, Jesus is tried, Jesus is tried again, uh, Jesus is beaten, um, and then he is delivered to be crucified. Um, He carries uh, the cross or the the beam um, to Golgotha where the nails are driven, the cross is raised, and our Lord is crucified. We won't get into the details of how crucifixion works, but suffice it to say, it was a horrific experience. It was one of, if not the most painful, slow, awful ways to die, and was used as a deterrent by the Romans, um, you know, as 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 a threat, knowing that they had that card, so to speak, that they could play should they want to. So it was not something you would wish on anybody, and yet our Lord. It was so despicable. The Romans would not even would. It was against the law to crucify a Roman citizen. There you go. Couldn't even crucify a Roman citizen. It's where we get our word excruciate. So if you have pain that is just so, 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 so bad, it's excruciating. Well, that's, I believe that's Latin as well. Um, PV broke up the Latin last week. My turn. X from. X yeah. from, and then crucifixion. I don't know. I, I should have stopped while I was ahead. <laughs> um, wanted to focus in on some of the things that Jesus says while on the cross, because given the way the body is, is 
but it, it wasn't exactly designed for casual conversations. And so uh, anything that Jesus says, we should uh, immediately draw our attention to, but especially on the cross. So uh, just spitballing, Pastor Brian. Give us one of the things Jesus says on the cross and, and help us think well about whatever saying you, you pick. To telestai, he says. Yes, what? Which means, what, it, what does that mean? It means it is finished. Ooh. And so that Christ finished the work that God had sent him to do. Mm. And, um, and so he had given himself, died for our sin. Now, the, the resurrection is still to come, but uh, the resurrection is what God the Father, so Jesus was dead, and so God the Father raised mm -hmm. the Son, and so yes. Jesus had finished, um, obediently finished everything the Father had sent him to do, and so it was finished. That's great. And then with that, the curtain tears in two from top to bottom, showing that we are ushered into this new covenant that we talked about last week with Monday Thursday. That's great. I love that. Um, I'll go with the uh, Father forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, just showing the heart of Christ for those who are actively driving significant nails into his arms, who are mocking him, spitting upon him, and yet here he is loving them even so. And if they only had the slightest idea of how truly he was loving them, not simply just because he was dying, but the weight of sin that he was bearing on himself, uh, standing in their place condemned that they might have salvation. Oh, what a hallelujah, what a savior. Um, one last thing I wanted to pick up on for, for Good Friday, just I, I know this is something I want to be careful about, um, that we as Christians want to be mindful of, how we understand the dynamic between God the Son, Jesus, dying on the cross, cross and then the Father. So uh, we sing here fairly regularly a song called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. In it, it describes uh, the Father turns his face away. Another song we sing, uh, In Christ Alone, talks about in Jesus and his crucifixion, the wrath of God was satisfied. So just, you know, an elevator pitch style, how are we to understand these kind of Trinitarian relationships here? Is it that God punished himself? Is it that the Father um, took it all out on his boy? Well, what are we to make of that aspect of the crucifixion? God didn't punish himself because there are three distinct persons. Uh, it's one God, three distinct persons. And so Jesus, or the Son of God, is distinct from God the Father in personhood. And so, but God has a righteous wrath against our sin it's it's good and just it's not a he's just if you will itching for somebody to take it out on he's got he is justly and properly outraged by mm -hmm. our sin yeah and our sin demands a punishment and so Jesus bore that punishment for us and on the cross and Jesus took the punishment that was our due. And um, and he did so willingly and intentionally. This is not God yes. the Father forcing the Son, as, as PB said earlier. Jesus claims it is finished. I have finished this work that the Father has given to me, but that I took up. Um, so this is not in any sense, I even shudder to bring up the phrase, but I hear it too often to, to ignore it. 
divine child abuse could not be further from the truth. Jesus was happy, the Son was happy and pleased to do the will of the Father, that he would be this sacrificial lamb standing in our place. So I just want to make sure we're really clear about that. If you want more on that, there's a lot to unpack there. By all means, talk to either one of us. Um, but any other thoughts just at that level with this conversation? No. Cool. So, Good Friday. Our Lord is killed. He is wrapped. He is put in a borrowed tomb. The tomb is sealed shut. A guard is put on it. Holy Saturday. Quiet. But then Easter Sunday. Up the from sun, the grave. Sunday's coming. He arose. Oh boy, here we are. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on there. Um, one thing I wanted to make sure we hit on. Uh, why ladies? So, our Gospels tell us that uh, on that Sunday morning, um, it was the women who were coming to uh, adorn the body with the, the spices, um, with the herbs, and yet, stone's rolled away, body's not there, and then they go and proclaim initially the good news of the resurrection. So, why is that significant? Why is that not just a, oh, an interesting historical anecdote? Because Jesus was progressive and wanted to be on the right side of history. That's why he did that. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. No, in all seriousness, so women held a, um, I, we could say a second-class position in society. Nothing they had to say was admissible in a court of law. Um, and so the fact that the gospel writers, all of them would say it was women who were the first ones to find the tomb empty. Um, the only reason the gospel writers would say that women were the only ones to find the tomb empty was would be because it was true. Because it's not li it's not lending any like authority to their story. It's not like, oh, well, if those women said it, then it must be true. Mm. Uh, on the contrary, in that ancient world, if they would say it, if women said it, then who cares whether women said it? it would have been the 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 natural reaction. And so the only reason that would be in all four Gospels is because it is true uh, that women were indeed there and they were the ones, the first ones to find the empty tomb. Uh, so it just lends to the historical credibility um, of the resurrection accounts. Uh, that's great. I love that. And so then last question on, on this uh, angle on it. Uh, why is Easter Sunday so important? So uh, we've said already that on the cross Jesus says, it is finished. Why not just stop on Good Friday? All right, it's finished, the curtain's torn, new covenant's in effect. Uh, what makes Easter Sunday so massively important for us? Because if Jesus is still dead, we are still in our sins. Uh -oh. And so the resurrection is necessary for... So the death on the cross wasn't sufficient. The resurrection had to happen. Without the resurrection, we are of all men most to be pitied. Paul tells us in First Corinthians 15. Oh. And so we, the resurrection is a necessity. Um, it is so. Paul tells us in Romans 1 that it's through the res that Jesus is declared to be the Son of God through His resurrection. Mm -hmm. And so it's, if you will, as if God is putting His stamp of approval on the whole thing. Yes. that yes, Jesus is who he said he was, and yes, Jesus did what I told him to do, and yes, his penalty, uh, or the, the payment he paid was sufficient. 
It's so meeting God's stamp of approval, and the resurrection demonstrates all of that. That's a phenomenal summary and spot. On. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so I want to end today as we did last week. Uh, something that we should try to take from this reality, uh, Lord willing, by the time you're listening to this, you would have uh, uh, been with us for Easter Sunday. That you would have celebrated this resurrection. Um, how can we live in light of that? What can we take from these? Uh, few days, we've really only talked about two days in history, and yet they are, by a wide margin, the most important days in all of history. Uh, so give us something practical, something that we can take home and that our listeners can uh, can work off uh, going forward. So this is why we worship on Sundays. Uh, ah. So it's not just Easter Sunday, it's Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is, is the time when we remember the resurrection. Yeah. And um, and this is why it's important. So this is why the gathering of the church is important. is because collectively we're coming together and collectively we're saying, yes, we believe Jesus is Lord. And yes, we believe Jesus was raised from the dead. And it's not just me believing that anymore. It's now me and my brothers and sisters believing that. And so every Sunday, so this past Sunday on Easter, we did that. Um, and now every Sunday we do that. And we gather together and we remember what Christ did for us and we remember his resurrection. Phenomenal. What a man. Not so much you, Jesus, but all, I mean, you're Absolutely you're Jesus. Yeah, no, 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 not you. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, this has been a blast. Uh, we've just flown through it. Um, there is so much depth and richness to it. Do uh, open uh, to your Gospels. Read, drink from the deep truths of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then live out that life knowing that his death Burial resurrection has bought us, has sealed us, has gotten us salvation and life everlasting. So may we go and live that out, uh, proclaiming his glories to others. Um, but for now, thank you for listening. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.